Welcome to the Macros for Life podcast, where we talk all things macros, business, and marriage. We're your hosts, Eve and Randall Guzman. Visit our website at www.gtransformationacademy.com, where you can download our free How to Track Macros guide. This guide has helped over 15,000 people start their macro tracking journey. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Macros for Life podcast with your host, me, Eve, and my husband, Randall. We're really excited for you guys today to meet Elizabeth Wright, but she loves going by Liz. Um, I have to stop. I have to stop you. I'm Elizabeth Ward. Oh, shoot. I I intertwined you guys. Yeah. (laughs) We're just one person. We're really in a combo. Elizabeth Ward, but you guys, please call her Liz. Um, She's a writer and a speaker, menopause expert, and women's health and nutrition specialist, also an RD. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me. So great to talk to you today. We found your account several months ago, so I've been diving into your content, your podcasts. I'm super excited to hear some of the things that you have been helping people with in real life practice um, for the past few decades and also in really incredible books that you have written. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know one thing that is special to Randall and I uh, about you is that you love coffee. (laughs) Oh, I do love coffee. I, I, you know, I don't drink it like all day long, but I have to have that one gigantic cup in the morning to make my day. So Mm -hmm. I think that we have that in common. Yeah. Especially him. He's the big cup. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I try to do, I try to limit myself to two, let me get two mugs a day and then be done. I blame it on her because I like coffee. And then she brought an espresso machine in here and coffee has never been the same. Well, there's nothing wrong with coffee. I mean, it's really actually a um, a good source of antioxidant nutrients. So go right ahead. There you yeah. go. Health approved. <laughs> but yeah, tell us about how you got started, like your undergrad, your career. Okay, so um, I was an athlete in high school, and I was always very interested in how food uh, affected performance. And also then I got more interested in how food and nutrition affected health. So I went to the University of Massachusetts, and I uh, majored in human nutrition. And then I did, you know, an internship, and I went to work uh, for a company that did uh, wellness, uh, corporate wellness programs. So we'd go out to different companies and be talking uh, about nutrition and health to uh, corporations. Um, and then I started working for myself. I'm skipping over a lot of uh, parts, but I have three children and I decided to work for myself because I've always liked to do public speaking and writing and recipe development. And that's really what I've been doing for the last 20 to 25 years. Uh, alongside, you know, raising three kids and writing uh, a few books along the way. One is about pregnancy. It's called Expect the Best, um, Your Guide to um, Healthy Eating Before, During, and After Pregnancy. And then I know you found me because of the Menopause Diet Plan, yes. which I wrote with Hillary, who's my best friend from college. So it's it's come full circle. Um, we met in organic chemistry lab and um, tried to not blow anything up 
while we were in there um, because we weren't very good at organic chemistry lab, but um, we've stayed friends. She has three children. I have three children. We live near each other. We finally found the time to work together. And because we were aging, because we were going through perimenopause, we were asking each other so many questions like, is this happening to you? Is that happening to you? What should we do about it? We couldn't find any good information um, about nutrition and lifestyle. So we did the research ourselves and we came up with the menopause diet plan. That's amazing. I love hold that. Up, hold up. First of all, you just skipped <laughs> over all that like it was no big deal. <laughs> I got a degree, raised three kids, done public speaking, and wrote a few books. Like, hey, that's amazing. First of all, like you just skipped all through that. I'm acknowledge that now you can ask your question. <laughs> well, and, and Randall and I were talking about this yesterday because we went through the list of books that you guys have written together, meaning you and Hillary, because she's got one like a pre-diabetes plan and then a PCOS book, which right. is now kind of becoming hot. But I believe she wrote that maybe almost 10 years ago. Well, she's on the second edition of both of them. Okay, cool. So she's got yeah. the PCOS diet plan, the pre-diabetes diet plan, and mm -hmm. she specializes in, you know, insulin resistance, yes. type 2 diabetes, which of course permeates both of those mm -hmm. um, conditions. So she's just, she's my queen when it comes to any of that. So I recommend her books uh, when I need to know about PCOS and pre-diabetes. And she recommends my pregnancy book all the time. And now we have a menopause book together. So um, I'd say we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys definitely have the credentials to support it because you know how it is. A lot of people are like, do this, do that this way, but they don't necessarily have the research, the education, the experience, because there's just so much stuff out there and people get really inundated with all of the information. And they're like, who is, who's an authority in this space for me to actually be able to trust. And you guys partner together to essentially fill a gap and create the menopause diet plan. Well, I'm happy to say that, you know, we are registered dietitians. We both have master's degrees, but we have a lot of experience too. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really permeated the book a lot because we did a lot of research. I mean, everything that we say is substantiated with research. It's got references yep. in the back. Um, and we don't, we, we, you know, because we're dietitians, we get very nervous about saying something that doesn't have at least three ways to back it up. So mm -hmm. we're very, very careful, but I would have to say the experience, our experience, our decades of experience working with women, being women, having gone through menopause, um, really has seeped into the book. So it's not like, well, you must do this, 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 and this. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know, right. you can definitely, um, that's kind of a gross thing, but you know what I mean? Like you can do it all different ways. Um, you, you don't have to go to extremes. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to listen to extreme information to get what you want. And I think also there's a level of acceptance in there that we yes. are getting older and that bodies change. And, mm -hmm. you know, China, I know you're pining for your 25 year old body. I certainly am. Um, but that's never going to happen again. So let's move on. And what can we do to be the healthiest and the most energetic from here on out? 
Yeah. Well, I feel like we're going to really come come back to this topic hard because immediately I thought about the skinny jeans everybody wants to get into that were like two babies ago. Or, <laughs> I mean, I don't think Randall calls them his, I don't, do you ever call them the skinny jeans or smaller ones? But he has some things that I'm like, let that dream go. Hey, <laughs> fitted jeans whatever fitted jeans <laughs> but it's so clear and evident that you guys are not just people with credentials and you're a registered dietitian which some people go like oh my gosh I have to be so perfect to work with somebody like that but the experience that you guys have shows and all of you all that you do in your podcast, your public speaking, even your book, because you guys can relate to people. Um, Because you guys are funny, you have a good time. Like when you guys are together, the energy that you have is amazing. And that's why one of our assistant coaches was like, okay, we have to have them in some way, some capacity. So I reached out, I was like, podcast, can you come into macro mentorship? Because we like people that um, are fun that are down to earth they don't have to be stuffy I feel like we're losing power that was a flash I don't know what happened over here the lights just flashed but we like people that really just keep it real they cut through the bullshit and understand people all right guys that flash was actually us losing power so we've started back up and we are we are here but the last thing I was mentioning was just like how real um, Liz and Hillary keep it when it comes to the education that they're putting out there because they've really worked with real life people and they know what real people are like. All of the um, difficulties that we have starting a program, sticking with one, learning things, changing, you know, going from maybe eating completely, you know, complete junk food and learning how to like cook and like you've probably had people ask you, so how should I prepare my chicken? I mean, it's a huge lifestyle change, but you guys have worked with so many people that you know what real people are like, and you know that there's multiple ways to do stuff and you give people options. Yeah, we do give people a lot of options. I mean, our, our mentality is, you know, meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, and, and then there's the idea of like, should, I should be doing this. So I should be doing that. I should be doing the, the other thing. No. You know, you, you need to do what you can do given your time, your budget, um, your family situation, the fact that you might be taking care of older parents and children at the same time. You know, it's crazy how much people have to do. Um, yeah. in a day. So the idea that, you know, there's, sh- that you should be perfect, you should eat perfectly is something that we just, you know, we, we don't even entertain that. Um, we just, we just help people do, you know, what they need to do at this given time. And change is really hard. Mm -hmm. I think one of your models is better is the new perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the name of my website. Better is the new perfect. Um, And even sometimes I think even better is like asking too much of people. I mean, it all depends on what's going on. Like, you do you, um, and I'll help you do it in the healthiest way yeah, we can figure out. Yeah. Do you feel like you guys have a lot of people come to you and they think they need to do everything on day one, week one? Yeah. Um, they've I mean, got like a list of 12 things. That's a diet mentality though, isn't it? It's a, so mm-hmm. dieting is really a perfectionistic um, way of looking at things. Like I will eat 
X amount of calories at this time during the day, and I will exercise for a certain amount, and then you know everything's going to be fine. And it's like, well, no, because the body doesn't work that way. Um, everyone's different, and um, going from one extreme, like you were just mentioning, maybe eating a lot of you know ultra processed foods and not enough fruits and vegetables and things like that, to the other end of the spectrum, too fast is always a recipe for disaster always uh -huh. and then what is how does that leave you feeling i mean it leaves you feeling like you're never going to change and that is not the truth um you can do the smallest things um to move the needle um so that you feel better um and i think focusing on feeling better and having more energy and sleeping better is really the goal. If uh -huh. you are always focused on the scale and you're always focused on weight loss, um, then you uh, are going to be disappointed because uh, it doesn't happen in a linear fashion. Yeah. I feel like you just summed up my last three posts. All of them. <laughs> One of them was like the best way to transform your body is walking and forget always focusing on the scale, but think about lowering your blood glucose, lowering your blood pressure, moving more, having more mobility and function, um, being able to sleep better and just feel good. If you focused on those things, you're going to lose the weight as a side effect, but we're just so weight driven, diet driven that we don't even try to think about the things that we should be grateful for that are non-scale victories that typically will lead to weight loss if you can get that foundational stuff down, but we want to do the hard stuff. We're such a dieting society and we used to do it. Um, Randall and I have lost over 250 pounds together and we did all the yo-yo dieting. I did all the slim fast, weight watchers, meals, ultra. I did ultra processed foods within a 1200 calorie plan. Like I could eat McDonald's and Taco Bell, 1200 calories, but I'm on my diet. Very creative. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> and then I would quit. And I mean, and I was spinning my wheels. Uh -huh. And I cannot believe how much progress I would have made just doing the basic stuff. Mm -hmm. I would have shed pounds years ago. But the basic stuff is not sexy. You know what yeah. I mean? And by sexy, I mean attractive and alluring. And uh, it's going to get you something that makes you feel good fast. So mm -hmm. all the, you know, the fad diets in the world, yeah, they're all going to work. Every single diet is going to work for a short period of time. And then once you go back to your eating habits, they will not work. And on the other, and, and when I, by work, I mean, keep the weight off because you haven't changed anything from the neck up. You have not mm. changed your attitude and it's all in your head. Um, and giving yourself time and being patient and saying, you know what, I want this to work for the rest of my life. If you can't do something for the rest of your life, why do it at all? Yeah. Right. right. I mean, if you, yeah, if you're going to say to you, you're going to say to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. Really? Is that something you can do for the rest of your life? Why are you setting yourself up for that? If you can only do four, four or three, or if you can only walk a certain amount, do what you can do where you're at right now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that I like to say is replace your bad habits with better habits and eventually you'll have some good habits. 
Um, <laughs> I love it. And when I talk to people and they tell me like you're supposed, they want to change their nutrition, they want to change the way they eat. One of my first questions is how many times a week do you eat fast food? And if they tell me they eat fast food five times a week, I'm like, cut it in half for me. Cut it down to three or cut it down to two times this week and then see where you lead to next week. And then because if you change those things, those small habits, you know, a little bit at a time, eventually you're going to say, okay, I don't need that fast food. And I'll start cooking my food at home. Then you can get into more healthier habits. But first you got to cut out those bad habits for just better habits and then build on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and like you were saying, they might find out that they feel better and that feeling better is um, the motivation that drives them to do it again. Absolutely. You know, people always talk about, well, I'm not very motivated. It's like, well, yeah, you know what? Just about every day, I'm not motivated either. Right. Um, you know, I would love to eat a huge chocolate bar every night. Mm -hmm. I would love to not go to the gym, you know, five or six times a week. Yeah, I'd love to kick back. But I always say to myself, am I going to am I going to feel worse by not doing this? Like, let me just put one foot in front of the other. Let me just put my sneakers on and mm -hmm. let me see, like, if I'm going to go for a run or something, let me just see how it goes. If I only want to do half the run, fine. You know, I only do it. always end up doing the whole thing. You mm -hmm. know, so you you even I as a dietitian, somebody that's been helping people for decades have to trick myself. You know, mm -hmm. it's 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 something that we've got to do, you know, mm -hmm. every day and be conscious of. We don't have to be perfect, but we need mm -hmm. to be conscious of it, you know, right. conscious of what we might need to do every day in order to be in better health. That was one of our podcasts a couple of weeks ago. Like motivation is doing what you should be doing. Yeah. Not that you want to do it. Or like on Monday, I had a migraine and he's like, I'm going to the gym. And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, well, maybe I should get some vitamin D. Maybe I should try to just walk. I was going to do it 10 minutes to turn into a 45 minute walk. Like you said, I just did it. Cause I was like, I should do this for me. And then Randall and I were joking the other day. I think we were on a walk. Today's Thursday. This is probably Tuesday. Out of nowhere, I don't know what he was thinking, but he was like, yeah, food is always just going to be a battle for me for the rest of my life. He's like, kind of like the way my metabolism is set up. I just can't eat what I want or genetics, you know, the way my genetics are set up. Right. It was like, I was like, me too. I will gain a hundred pounds back if I go back to the old things. So my motivation is the fact that I feel good. Not that I'm trying to look sexy. Yeah. Um, that would be great. But like, I'm doing it because I should. And we know this is the rest of our life. And we're good with that. Because I don't want to feel like I used to feel before. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you remember that and you keep telling yourself that. And that's, a, that's great. And I... I gained, um, I've always battled with my weight too. Um, but I gained about 10 pounds during, you know, perimenopause. So mm -hmm. maybe over the course of five or six years, it crept on and I'm like, well, well, what, what gives? Well, you know, I like to eat sweets after dinner. <laughs> That's and, me. You know, <laughs> maybe it was that. And, but I like Randall, I will always be doing battle with that. I have never been able to figure out a way to um, completely uh, eliminate that unless I'm sick or something. It's That's the only time I don't want to eat after dinner. So 
I've said to myself, okay, this is something that's with me. I'm going to have to deal with this. So I allow myself like an ounce or an ounce and a half of chocolate. I love mm -hmm. chocolate. And I can't say it always does the trick, but what I do is I eat it and I go right straight upstairs and I brush my teeth. And I think <laughs> I'm not brushing my teeth again because I hate to brush my teeth. So everyone has their own little tricks. Everyone has their own little battles, but I've decided like, I'm not going to win this one. I am not going to win this one. And um, I think that's okay. I think that perfection is really overrated. Absolutely. You sound like my wife with that eating chocolate, then brushing your teeth. <laughs> Every day. That's part of my like philosophy. Like I am a macro coach and a hormone coach. And I help a lot of women focus on looking better, feeling better, fat loss if they want to do it. But also like if there's something you love, tacos, nachos, in my case, it is chocolate. I'm going to have a little bit every day. And I think it's really refreshing for people to be listening today and go, okay, Liz is admitted, like, this is going to be with me. Randall's admitted, this is going to, and Eve has, like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think people think because we have been helping people for so long and have incredible backgrounds and stories, and we've helped how many thousands of people between us that we don't have battles. No, we just kind of suck it up and keep going. Exactly. We all have battles and we have to develop, we have to decide which ones we're really going to live with and which ones we really need to work on. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 And then everybody, like you said, everybody has a battle and this may be yours, but that doesn't mean it is the worst. It's, it's far worse battles out there. So I'm grateful that I found out how to actually control it and to work it, you know, and, 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 Further than that, like people are like, people ask me all the time, like, oh, well, now you lost this weight or you did this or did that. So why are you still eating like that? <laughs> really? Like, that's not attractive to me to eat like that anymore. That doesn't look good to me. Yeah. Like now, maybe I want to eat a steak instead of chicken breast some nights and I can't because it doesn't fit in my macros, but I can wait till Saturday so I can have my, you know, my high carb day or whatever and, and fit certain things in. That's, that's fine. I can, I can. I can live in moderation because I'd rather be predicting what I eat and when I eat something than having a doctor tell me what to eat, when to eat, and how to Ooh. eat it and making me right. take this man to do it. Right. So. And what drug you need to be on, right? Because, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. That's, I think, you know, as I get older, like my cholesterol has gone up. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, not, I think, from from eating any particular food. Right. Um, but it happens after menopause when you lose estrogen, um, your risk for heart disease goes up. Um, mm -hmm. One of the reasons is because your LDL cholesterol, right? Your bad cholesterol yep. goes up and that's some stuff that clogs your arteries. And I, and my doctor's like, well, you know, what, what about considering going on a statin? And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't think it's that high. And secondly, I'm going to do the hard work and I'm going to do it with diet. I'm going to see if I can do this with diet. And I don't know if I've done it yet, but um, I've tried. So I think anything, you know, I think you should try. I think you need to try and keep yourself as well as possible. And that involves, you know, good foods and nutritious foods um, for as long as possible, because medication, I'm not saying it can be avoided. I mean, it, it can't. As you get older, there are some things you're going to have to take medication for, and that's okay. But 
the fewer meds you take, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, when I was tipping the scales at like 400 pounds, my doctor was like, okay, we're going to get ready to do bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> it was like, I like I've, I've been doing nothing to make effort to get healthy or to lose weight or anything like that. Like I've been eating whole pizzas and drinking beer. Like I'm like, like, I, like you said, I, I, it's nothing wrong with having those surgeries if you need them, right. but I need to try first. And that's what I told him. I was like, let me try. I was right. like, you need, give me six months to try my own way of getting this weight off before we have the surgery, because I don't want to have surgery if I don't need to have surgery. Right. Maybe I just need to get my shit together. So you know, and it worked out. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my husband's doing right now. He's getting his shit together. Don't tell him I said that, but he got, the doctor said, well, you need to lose some weight and your blood pressure is high and I don't like this and I don't like that. And uh, so he's on that path and um, Mm -hmm. he does not want to go on medication. So there you go. That can be a motivator for some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And good for him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we can we can all stand to get our shit yeah. together. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like you, just like your motto, like we're not perfect. We're constantly trying to get better, but mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people like they've been following our story for years. They come and work with us. They come to events that we're at. They listen to our podcast because like we're just real. We're all just trying to get better and like age gracefully and like feel the best that we can well I think we're all a work in progress I mean Mm -hmm. all of us are and then age you know plays a huge factor in that too and you know you have to like roll with the punches and learn what you need to do for whatever next phase of life you're going into Mm -hmm. yeah why why you mention your husband let's let's stop here for a little bit and jump into jump into some men things just for a quick second for our fellas out there. Um, I know for me, like I'm 40 years old. I just turned 40 in August. Um, and like, as soon as I start approaching 40 and turn 40, I just started noticing differences with the way that my body feels, um, the way my body reacts to workouts. I mean, I played football for a long time. I played football till I was 28 years old. So like my joints, like they started like hurting like randomly and things like that. Like, and I know guys are out there dealing with these type of things too. Nothing to the, nothing even close to the level that women are dealing with. But for guys, do you have any tips on how to deal with those ailments once we get over 40 and we want to have the active lifestyle and work out and do things like that? Yeah, I think um, it's the same advice I would give to women. Um, it's probably due to changing hormone levels, you know, the sex hormones, testosterone for men, estrogen for women. Um, and there are receptors in, you know, these tissues all throughout your body. So when the levels drop, you know, and I know in women, when the levels of estrogen drop, um, you can have a lot of joint stiffness and joint pain and muscle pain as well. So the solution is, um, not maybe a total solution, but from a dietary standpoint, it's to have an, you know, lots of anti-inflammatory foods in your diet. So if you're not eating seafood twice a week, you definitely should be because it has omega-3 fats, which may help to reduce uh, joint pain. 
Um, lots of fruits and vegetables. And by that, I mean at least five servings. Now, guys that eat more calories, uh, more than 2,000 calories a day should eat even more fruits and vegetables, but also things like uh, legumes, nuts, seeds, those things um, are are anti-inflammatory. So the reason why you're getting the pain is because you have some level of inflammation um, there. So um, you want to do whatever you can to calm that down. Cool, cool. Great points. Great points. I definitely need to, like I've stepped up my veggie game and my fruit game here recently a lot. Um, I'm one of those bigger guys that eat more food. So I'm usually aiming to get at least five ounces of veggies in with each meal myself. Um, but I definitely need to step it up on the nuts. Um, that's one of the things that I actually cut out when I lost weight was nuts. And I used to eat nuts a lot, but I was looking at the fat content. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that's bad. This, that, and the other. But that's before I found out the good fats are actually good for you. You should just yeah. need to eat them in moderation. But it's one of those things that I haven't added back into my into my daily uh, daily diet yet. So it is definitely one I need to add back in. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a plant-based diet, but people always get confused when I say that because they're like, well, doesn't that mean it's vegan or it's like, no, absolutely not. It's a plant-forward diet. It's one that really is rich in plants, um, but also contains, you know, adequate amounts of uh, protein, absolutely, to keep your muscle, you know, mm -hmm. at age. Um, and that's very important. Now, everyone, uh, oh, probably over the age of 50, probably needs much more protein than including men and women than the current, you know, recommended um, dietary allowance. Mm -hmm. So that's also, that's a, like a big issue in the nutrition world is when are we going to get new recommendations for, you know, older people as we age, you want to, you know, have all the raw materials on board to build what you need to build to keep those joints strong and supported. You know, you want to keep them mm -hmm. supported. And the way you do that is through muscle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree. Metabolic 100%. tissue. We need it. Like that's my, that. like outside of like general health, my biggest thing, you know, me going through perimenopause early is like keep and build as much muscle as I can all the way through. So I'm not going to be complaining about that, you know, slow, like 0.55% decline of my metabolism you know, and, and my muscle loss and my bone loss and the estrogen loss, I got to keep this muscle. I have to, yeah. um, and it gets harder when you get older to build it. So like, I you know, know. you got to do what you got to do. I know. And, um, it's, a it's a message that, um, really needs to be repeated over and over again, especially for women in their forties. If you haven't started strength training and exercising on a regular basis, start now because mm -hmm. it's going to help your bones, your heart, your brain, your muscles. Like you were saying, muscle is a metabolic tissue. It's its own organ. You know, it keeps your insulin levels where they're supposed to be. It balances your blood glucose levels, mm -hmm. which has ramifications for so many other aspects of your health. Yeah. Um, and, you know, muscle loss as we get older, it's, you know, goes gradually it's really not just about being a frail old lady who can't do things for herself. It's about your entire body. You know, uh -huh. it's about everything. So make it and keep it. 
Yeah. I think what I really love about the things that you guys teach with like the menopause diet plan book is it's not like just about like mastering menopause, which is like the thing people say, but like getting your body prepared more because really it's like the 40 plus it's the perimenopause time where the battle is. And Randall knows this because he's seen me go through it. Um, It's like, it's like the marathon up into like <laughs> menopause is like finishing the race. It's not the menopause part, you guys. It's like the run up and yeah. I'm living it, 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 it so I know. That's it exactly. You nailed it because it is the run up to menopause. That's mm-hmm. the worst because menopause is really just one day. You yeah. Know, menopause is 12 months of no periods. After that, it's post-menopause. And mm-hmm. what has happened during perimenopause, the years leading up, may predict the next 30 to 40% of your life, which is how much time you can spend living after menopause occurs. So get it together now, if you can do what you can now, because then you don't have to like make up for what you didn't do. um, And what's harder to do after you've lost that estrogen, which, you know, so once you lose the estrogen, your risk for heart disease you know, brain disease, brain, uh, you know, like dementia and things like that. And bone disease um, goes up. So, um, you know, that's the dark side of it. That's the bleak side of it, but you can manage that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think what happens is a lot of people are just trying to tackle everything once it happens uh-huh. versus the preparation. And right. for me growing up, um, like my mom is in her seventies. We didn't have conversations. Um, Randall's mom is younger sixties. She didn't tell me what her menopause and perimenopause was like. I'm just finding out on my own and in the internet, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. There's a that women's conference. Yeah. There's one I'm speaking at this year. It's uh-huh. um, about like gracefully going into your forties and being courageous. And I'm going to be speaking on nutrition and metabolism and hormones. And I'm really thrilled to be at events like this because like we can talk about it before it happens versus mom, why didn't you tell me about this? And I've suffered oh. for eight years. No, no one's talking mom. about you know, it. I, I've always said like, we need to have the talk with women. <laughs> and, and when I say the talk, I'm talking about the perimenopause talk. I mean, everyone has, not everyone, but most moms gave their kids, you know, their girls, the puberty talk or their mm-hmm. boys, the puberty talk. And even men need to learn about Uh, menopause. So we all need to have the talk. Well, my doctor never talked about it. I think that my gynecologist, I think she thought like, I just knew. I mean, she didn't even know I'd written a menopause book. She's like, well, you're a dietitian, you're a healthcare professional. You just know. It's like, no, I had to write a book to find out. (laughs) I had to read like stacks and stacks and stacks of, you know, research papers to find out like Mm -hmm. what's going on here? What am I supposed to do with my body now? Mm -hmm. That was me too, like researching it to put it in our certification years ago. And then I taught it for three to four years. And then one day I started having um, hot sweats or hot flashes and night sweats. And I was like, is this what I've been teaching? And I'm like, this is happening to me. I would text Randall and go, I am in the office working on my laptop and my underwear and bra. I don't know what is wrong with me. And that was my late thirties. Cause I went into it early uh-huh. and I was like, this is what I've been teaching. 
Uh-huh. Oh my God, it's happening to me. Uh-huh. And you know, it's funny because uh, same thing with us. Like we actually wrote it kind of while it was happening to us and afterwards. And it's like, uh, wow, it's really different when you see something on paper and then when you actually go through it, it's mm-hmm. totally different. So completely different. Yeah. I 100% agree that uh, <laughs> men need to be educated on it too, because I mean, when this stuff first started happening before, you know, the doctor talked to me and everything, like, I, I mean, I thought my wife was dying. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, right. I mean, it was something bad happening like every other day. And I mean, she was in so much pain. And and then the doctor finally sat us down or whatever. And she just told me, like, you might be going through this for the next eight to 10 years. So uh-huh. buckle up. And I'm like, what? And she was uh-huh. like, it's normal. Like, she's fine. She's healthy. This, that, and other is just a, a normal part of life. We've checked her, this, that, and other. And I'm like, I was panicking. I was panicking because I didn't know. And we were you know, it started happening when she was like 39. So I was like, what's going on here? You know, you, I can see why you would be afraid because you don't, it's not even on your radar. And mm-hmm. it's like, all these things are happening to her and she's not feeling well. And it's like, is it cancer? Is it this? Is it that? Up. And, you know, your mind completely races. And I think this happens to women too, when they get you know, they get confronted with these symptoms, like, what is wrong with me? Am I going crazy? I can't sleep. My mood swings are are really bad. Um, I, I, I'm craving this. I want to eat this. I want to do that. And they just, they can't, because no one's give them, given them any framework, you know, mm-hmm. for what might happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly what you said was how it felt. And I was like, he's like, how do you feel? I go, I don't know. Just hormonal. I'm in yeah. a bad, I feel like I'm in a bad mood. I'm warning yeah. you to stay away from me today. I don't know. I just, I don't know. And every morning, or do you feel better? Do you feel better? Yeah. And then like PMS symptoms are worse now leading up. And then once, you know, my period starts, like a lot of it goes away, but it was like, what is going on? And I'm mm-hmm. I was like, this is like nuts. And then pairing that with the fact that I am estrogen dominant, which is a whole nother thing in itself like my body was like literally a roller coaster and he didn't know what to expect so it's almost kind of like I think of that the the first pregnancy book I read what to expect when you're expecting is you know it's like I what to expect when you're going through perimenopause like you have no clue till you're in it you yeah too young to think of it the thing about like puberty is, you know, you get your period. Okay. All of a sudden you're in your childbearing years. The thing about perimenopause is it sneaks up on you. It's very insidious. And it's like tapping you on the shoulder, like ah, I'm here, but I'm not really here, but I might come back. And it's yeah. like, what is going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. Cause sometimes so random. I'll, so random. <laughs> I'll tell him it's been three months since I've been great. Mm. I just told him that. And then last month I was like, it's back. I'm like, oh my God. Uh And I'm like back to like cranking down on like things that I do to help with the symptoms. Yeah. And sometimes like you honestly just don't know. And um, what I have been finding out and probably you too as well. And I've spoken with my physician, both of my physicians, 
Um, one of the things for me that happened last year is I got COVID on my 40th birthday, uh, which is a whole yeah. thing. Cause my birthday is in two weeks. So we're going to like relive me having my true 40th on my 41st right. and I got COVID. And then I actually ended up having plastic surgery, um, because I had excess skin from all of this weight loss from years ago. I had some of it removed off of my legs and I had a tummy tuck back in the day, but it kind of sprawled me back into perimenopause and my plastic surgeon and my OBGYN said, we have been seeing women go into perimenopause earlier and earlier over these last, over the last decade, they have seen women that have went into perimenopause right after getting COVID. Like there were no symptoms. Um, but yeah, my, all of my physicians are like, yeah, I know you're asking your mom what age she went through it, but because our environment is changing, our ultra processed foods, um, you know, just the makeup of our fruits and vegetables, having things that are genetically modified, perimenopause is now happening earlier for women. So some of us are really getting caught off guard. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is not a good story about your 40th birthday. <laughs> absolutely Man. i was like i cannot have covid i have covid on my and i i wait two and a half years into the pandemic to catch it one of the healthiest he was like how did you catch it the, the like a nutritionist who stays at home the worst, <laughs> it's a mystery it is yeah. a mystery <laughs> worst part is she was the only one in the house that caught it so we isolated her and everything like we were supposed to do but it was hell to pay the captain because it's her birthday and she's the only one in the house with COVID like yeah it wouldn't it was it was it was a little rough it was a little rough I could see how that would be rough <laughs> but have you been hearing about women going into perimenopause like earlier than what used to historically be um, have you been hearing or seeing that or still digging into that research? Well, I haven't seen any new figures about that, but I can tell you what came out of the Framingham Heart Study a few years ago. And they found that um, women who are in poorer health in their you know, late 30s, and I'm not saying this is you because it's definitely <laughs> not you, but late 30s, early 40s, uh, meaning that they smoke, um, their cholesterol's higher, their weight's higher than it should be their blood pressure is higher, they mm -hmm. tend to start um, uh, perimenopause earlier. Yeah. And, um, they have a worse time of it, um, which is, again, back to that basic message that we're saying, get your ducks in a row now yeah. and try to do what you can. The thing about smoking uh, in women is, um, on average, smokers go into menopause at least two years earlier. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different factors at play here. But I'm not surprised it that, you know, because in general, um, the health of the population is not what it used to be, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. We're not as healthy as we used to be. And I hate to say it, but weight tends to drive all the different risk factors mm -hmm. that I just mentioned there, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, whatever. Um, and so if we have a population that's in their 40s and kind of moving towards perimenopause and they're not really where they should be in terms of their health parameter parameters i'm not surprised mm -hmm. that you know the age may be trending downward yeah yeah you you pretty much hit on all of the markers that are like markers of like metabolic syndrome which like yeah. you said it carries over into everything heart disease risk for cancer 
so many things so you guys liz is saying we need to get it together <laughs> before well, we you end, know i mean yeah i mean don't we all <laughs> yeah sure. before we end today if you were to suggest you know three four five areas that women should be focusing on to help better prepare themselves for um, the menopausal year, what would you say you would have women focus on? Um, I'm going to say, you know, probably this may surprise you, but strength training. If you're yeah. not doing it already, do it at least two times a week, work in the full major, you know, muscle groups, um, along with, you know, the recommended 150 minutes a week of either, you know, walking or something else that is aerobic. Now, if you're beyond that point, challenge yourself a little bit, right? Because mm -hmm. it never hurts to challenge yourself to make more muscle, to have better aerobic capacity. So um, exercise is really at the top of my list for uh, skeletal muscle preservation, um, which you know we just talked at length about why that's so important. From um, a nutrition standpoint, uh, don't focus in on the details as much as the big picture. So um, try to get five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, you know, 25 to 30 grams of protein at every single meal, healthy fats at every single meal, eat most of your calories earlier in the day. Um, I feel like that just very simple advice. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's simple advice will help with your appetite. You know, you won't want to snack as often. You won't want to pick on things as often. You don't want to eat as often in front of the TV because you're doing, uh, uh, you know, you're eating out of, because uh, you're hungry, but also because you're stressed, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you're frustrated or you're sad. And the third um, thing that I would say, um, we didn't really talk about it, but I'm happy to come back and talk about it sometime is check your alcohol intake. Um, mm -hmm. I, have been finding through uh, a lot of research studies and new statistics and also from personal observation of people that women, many women tend to drink too uh, too much. Um, so what is too much? Well, if you're looking at it from a breast cancer standpoint, any alcohol is uh -huh. much from the breast cancer experts. Absolutely. Looking at it, from a, you know, maybe just a general health, any more than one standard drink a day is too much alcohol for women. Um, and I, I know that a lot of women may, you have a glass of wine at dinner, but it's not really a glass. And then they top off that glass <laughs> and it ends up being really two or two and a half standard drinks every day. This has implications for health for the rest of your life. So take a look at that, see where you can cut back. Um, and just really just do the best you can, um, and don't do anything extreme. Yeah, that's great advice. We definitely want to have you back on an alcohol podcast. Yeah. We talk about alcohol a lot. Like we would yeah. love yeah. it. So um, Hillary, Hillary is an oncology dietitian as well. Yep. She works at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. And so she, she would be excellent for this. Um, okay. yeah, really good. Cool. cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. We talk about this a lot when women are like, 
but can't I just fill up the alcohol in my macros? I'm like, it's not about it fitting in calories. <laughs> it's about what it's actually doing as a toxin in your body, what it's doing to your liver, your brain, your metabolism, how your body is processing the alcohol and the cells in your body, especially when your body um, is processing carbs and is becoming more insulin resistant when you're approaching the menopausal age. It's not just about calories, you guys. So you heard people it here today. People don't want to... <laughs> People don't want to accept the fact that it's poison. And yeah. I was one of those people before. But once you think about it as being poison, you're definitely less likely to put it in your body very often. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> interesting perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. Well, where can everybody find you, even if they um, are wanting to look at more than just your book and may want to work with you? So they can find us on Instagram. I'd say that's where we are predominantly spend most of our time at menopause diet plan and um, we're called menopause diet plan across all the platforms that we're on so we make it easy we're on facebook as menopause diet plan we're also on twitter as menopause diet plan so pick whichever one you like and we're there cool perfect well thank you so much liz for sharing with us and teaching us today can't wait to have you back in the future. Also see you inside the macro mentorship program, but it's been a pleasure and thank you for all the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I second that Liz. We appreciate you spending time with us today. And also to our audience, we always appreciate you guys listen to, listening to our show. Make sure you download, share, and subscribe. And we'll see y'all next week. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Make sure you like, share, and tag us on Instagram. Also, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss future episodes. In the meantime, be healthy and get welcome.